Welcome to the inaugural episode of Hawkeyes and Tall Boys. My name is Rob Wall. And I'm Dylan Pond. And I'm Bo Freeborn. And here we go. Let's talk Hawkeye football. Um, so this being our inaugural episode, um, what we want to do is just kind of lay out um, some guidelines and things that we're going to be covering. So obviously we're all three uh, big Hawkeye fans. Um, and so my name's Rob and I'll kind of serve, I guess, as this first episode's host here. And um, I'm originally from Illinois, moved here, an immigrant to Iowa and currently live in Iowa City. I'll pass it off to Dilly Dylan Pond. Yeah. Yep, so I am a born and raised Hawkeye, by the grace of God. Um, grew up right around the Cedar Rapids area, currently reside in North Liberty, and I'm actually a 2016 graduate of the University of Iowa, so uh, going on a six-year season ticket holder as well. Nice. Take her away, Bo. Yeah, Bo Freeborn here from uh, the center of the state, New Sharon, Iowa, hometown of Grant Stout all-time basketball player at UNI, but we're not talking about the <laughs> I was, Panthers. I was just about to ask who the hell Grant Stout was. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the Hawkeyes here. Uh, moved to Cedar Rapids here about five years ago. Current resident of Cedar Rapids, big-time Iowa fan, Rob. Yep, perfect. So just uh, just some background about us here, and then um, obviously we all like to drink um, beer, and our current beer that we're having today is uh, Bush Light, or what we like to call Bush Lattes in Tall Boys, hence the name Hawkeyes and Tall Boys. Um, so we have a little bit of an agenda that we're going to get to today. Um, we got some, a uh, couple of topics that we'd like to talk. Obviously it's been a long off season. Um, and so what we want to get into is some news from the off season for the Hawkeyes. Um, so we can kind of cover and catch everybody up to speed as we look into week one. Um, so some of the main news that have been gracing the headlines, by you know, from Chad Lysico all the way from the Des Moines Register. Um, shout out to Chad. Hopefully, maybe one day we'll have him as a guest on the show. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, um, big fans. But uh, he has um, been reporting a lot on the Hawkeyes and just a few suspensions, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, that we've been dealing with. So we got, first of all, the glorious story of Tristan Wirfs, three <laughs> deep on a moped, drunk in Iowa City. Now, not that we are condoning that behavior by any means. We're but, definitely not. But good, it sounds like he's having good a good guy. time. Good guy. God, okay. I gotta feel, gotta feel bad for the tires, though. Man, um, that's a lot God, of weight on, that little, lot of on weight. that little thing. Tristan Wirfs coming in six five three twenty right now. Oh my Atlanta. Um, and then who are the others? We got Alaric Jackson, I know, yep. and then Cedric Lattimore as well. Um, and those are both violations of team rules. I want to say. Um, so I don't know if we ever got the specifics there, but I think just from, you know, message board talk there is that it's mainly like being late to meetings, you know, late to practice, that sort of thing. And that's something I respect from Kirk Ferentz. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's absolutely. one of those things that he's been there for 20 years. This is the start of his 20th season. And if you're not going to obey team rules like that, you know, a lot of SEC teams will be there saying, hey, let's a little slap on the wrist, maybe a quarter set out or maybe a half a game. You know, I like I like the old school thought of of, uh, of Kirk Ferentz here. I think this is a great decision by him, and it kind of teaches those those guys to be grown adults and grown men. 
Yeah, no doubt. Good God. How many practices do you suppose Reuben Foster was late to down at Alabama? I oh, can't imagine. Atlanta. Can't imagine. So. Yep, not to I'm mention the type of stuff that goes on that you always hear about from some of the bigger, the bigger programs like, uh, you know, the scandals and whatnot they have from, you know, paying players and things like that. And so it's definitely something good to see from uh, uh, Iowa. So Unfortunate news, but good to see. I agree, Rep. Um, so they do – do we know how long they're going to be out for, so, Tristan Wirth? So each one of them are just a game. Okay. Yep. So they're all going to miss this week. Yep. So, um, so two starting tackles out versus NIU, who we'll get into this later, but returns and number one pass rusher, I want to say in the NCAA, yeah. but um, we can fact check that as well. Wow, that's um, awesome. Returning, so. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that's awesome. It's kind really of got our, us, yeah, I guess not awesome for us. Some young freshmen will have their hands full there, um, boys for sure. We do have, um, we want to get into some other news from the offseason. Brandon Snyder uh, departs from the team. Yep, and so that one, obviously you guys might remember, Brandon Snyder came here as a walk-on, um, earned his way, got a scholarship, and then blew out that ACL. And then last year in his returning game, had that pick six versus Illinois. Had that awesome pick yep, six. Yep, and then yeah. blew out his knee again. Um, so, yeah, I read a few articles on that. Sounds like, you know, there were some – you know, depression, some mental health issues there that, you know, led to who knows what. We don't want to speculate too much here on this podcast, but it sounds like it was just kind of the best case scenario for everybody. And now he's actually with South Dakota State where his brother um, just accepted a full ride scholarship as well. So I was just about ready to ask you that, Dylan. I know that uh, Brandon Snyder's younger brother, it was a big pull for him to go to Iowa because he was that walk on and got a full ride scholarship. We yep. didn't know if he had decided to continue his looks with Iowa or if he was going to play with his younger brother or follow his older brother there uh, to a new college. Right, yeah. So I think that actually was the original plan, Bo. Um, he was all set to walk on here with the Hawks, and then um, the whole incident when Brandon went down and he had decided to go to SDSU. And um, Oh, gosh. And then... The younger brother followed as well. So, but best wishes for him. I mean, he was a great Hawkeye. showed showed leadership and uh, and definitely showed a lot of growth throughout his uh, his time at Iowa. So, absolutely, absolutely. Wish, wish that young man nothing but the best. So, and he was a safety. Um, so, I was going to pose the question: Does that open up uh, you know any sort of gaping holes in our defense? Do we have? I guess we're going to get into that. Obviously, our next topic we're going to jump into. Um, is going to be into our recruiting um, and what we did in the offseason as well. But I did want to cover one more news and note um, here with us uh, over the of the offseason. But obviously we're all um, excited to hear about Nate Stanley. Um, and he really blew up in the offseason. So he's a, he's a quarterback who I expect, um, and a little foreshadowing here to what we're going to get into, but I really have high hopes for him. You know, and I've, I've read a lot of things, Rob and, and Dylan, here on the offseason. Not only um, is he a, a tremendous quarterback going into his junior year, but also on the radar are some top scouts that could be a potential quarterback that they want in the NFL. Uh, last year, some stats through for 2,400 yards, 26 touchdowns, first year as a starter. I believe only about six interceptions. Is that correct? That is correct. Only so, six INTs. Phenomenal. Uh, in his rookie campaign, really, uh, we just hope that uh, there's no sophomore slump. Kind of a cool thing as far as awards go right now, and we're, we'll probably get into that a little bit later. Uh, but Nate Stanley is up for the Maxwell Award, given the the college football's top player of the year. Yes, there are about eighty four applicants on that list, but <laughs> as we do remember, Ricky Stanzi was the most re- most recent uh, 
Hawkeye to be up there high on the list when he was a semifinalist in 2010. You guys can remember the 2010 season, even the 2008-2009 oh, yeah. seasons when they went to the Orange Bowl too. Yep, yep, absolutely. If you don't love it, leave it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and Nate Stanley is the type of guy who's got the frame, I think, to be able to stand in the pocket. Uh, 6'5", 2'12". Um, he can move. Um, and he's definitely got the arm strength and the accuracy that we kind of showcased a little bit when he, I thought he really took uh, a big step forward last year as a sophomore. Um, and he played in some big games. And so really excited to see what he is going to be able to bring to the table this year. Yeah, and, you know, one more point I did want to bring up about that, too, is, you know, some Hawk fans might remember last year, you know, Stanley was kind of known for that long ball that was just five, maybe six, maybe seven yards, a little bit too deep. Overthrew a lot of people. Um, heard Brian Ferentz touch on that a little bit in practice and, you know, in training camp and said, you know, he's hitting those balls now. So something to be excited for there, Hawk fans. Awesome. Um, any, that was kind of most of the main news. Any other news you guys have uh, from the offseason that we should cover? Nothing that I have. Um, listeners, feel free to comment, uh, like, share. And if you guys do have anything, you know, we can make sure we touch on it next episode as well. Absolutely. And definitely that's a good place to, um, you know, for a quick little plug here. Um, follow us on Facebook, Hawkeyes and Tallboys. Um, you know, that's real, a great place to maybe submit some submit ideas for the show. Um, we're going to put some polls up there, some questions, um, so that way we can have a mailbag segment, hopefully to be able to answer some of the listener questions. Um, but without further ado, let's get into some recruiting. Let's look into um, some of the um, you know younger guys that hopefully future Hall, you know Hawkeye Hall of Famers. You know, and that's the thing there, Rob is you know a lot of people don't want to touch on recruiting too much. You know, it's two three years out it seems. But um, as we probably all heard Kirk and that presser say, you know we're going to have four true freshmen playing on Saturday. You know, and that's probably pretty typical when it comes to special teams and whatnot. But uh, definitely some eyes to keep it. Definitely some names to keep an eye on right there. So, um, but just kind of going through our 2019 football commitment list thus far. You know, uh, some of you guys may have heard of Tyler Goodson, the running back we got. Yep. You know, I know right now we got you know Derek Foster really trying to blow up that Georgia pipeline right now, and so he's a running back from Suwanee, Georgia. Um, so right now a 5.6 rating on rivals and. Oh, and gosh. just to qualify that real quick, what is how good is 5.6 on Rivals? Yeah, so let's see here. I'm just trying to pull up the specific information. Sure. But uh, I know right now, so that makes him a three-star according to Rivals. But, you know, it's so hard to take much out of that just because, gosh, when you pull up his profile here, uh, Tyler Goodson's that is. Uh, I just want to make sure I tell you listeners correct, because I want to say he's like the 80-something best player, the 72nd best player in the state of Georgia. So, and for him to be a 5.6, you know, all-purpose back, three-star out of Of that all state, players. Yeah. And that is just insane to me. The talent level down there, oh my gosh, if Derek Foster can break in there and get some of them boys coming north and, you know, dealing with them cold winters, I think we're going to be a scary, scary ball club. I think so as well. And, you know, it just that kind of brings up um, he's a three-star guy um, out of Georgia. But, I mean, that's what Iowa does. I mean, that's just Iowa's wheelhouse uh, to bring in guys um, and really turn them into the blue-chip prospects and get them ready for the NFL. Oh, absolutely. And plus, you know, you know being a 5.6 three-star, that's not low by any means. You know, that's still, 
no, a top-tier player, definitely D1. Because um, he chose Iowa over Gosh. You know, he was starting to pick up some offers there late. You know, we, some of the notable ones anyways. We got Boston College. Oh, God, Cincinnati, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Kentucky. You know, some, yeah, Nebraska offered. So there's definitely some, you know, big names out there looking at this guy. And, you know, Iowa picked up on him early. Oh, my gosh, West Virginia, that's another big one too. So You know, it's nice to have too that they saw the success that uh, the three starting linebackers had last year in Josie Jewell, Ben Neiman, and Bo Bauer, which – all three, well, at least two, um, have been having some serious success right now in the preseason in the NFL. Um, I think mm-hmm. that uh, Dylan and I kind of talked about this. Ben Neiman's already had a pick six. Um, Josie Jewell just went out for eight tackles last week for the Broncos, which is uh, phenomenal for a guy like that. You know, you see a program with three notable linebackers like that. I mean, that's that's the type of things that uh, drive you to the program. Just what, we're, just what we're known for right there. So we're a developmental program, but then – uh, moving on, though, you see, you know, some names and where, you know, Iowa continues that Florida pipeline. We got Dane Belden's D-back coming out of there, and I'm sure you guys know this as well, but Phil Parker can turn any D-back into an All-American. Look at two-star Josh Jackson, you know, three-star, oh gosh, was it Ball State or Miami of Ohio? Where was Desmond King committed before he came here? Um, I, I can fact check that. I believe yeah. it was Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio, I want to say, but, you know, you get them in Phil's hand, sky's the limit. Um, and then another big name we did get is offensive lineman Justin Britt. You know, they talk about building that Indianapolis pipeline. The talent level there is just outrageous as well. But, yeah, gosh, he was cho- He chose Iowa over offers from Arizona, Cincinnati, Indiana, Louisville. Oh, gosh, Michigan State, Minnesota, Missouri, Purdue, Vanderbilt. Ohio State was supposedly on the verge of offering there. Never officially did, but, my gosh, I mean, he's an excellent ball player. You sit there and watch that tape, and he's just a pancake machine. you got to love that. To build off of that, Dylan, I'm pretty excited. Not only do, does Iowa bring in good offensive linemen, but Ezra Miller, he's he's actually a home home-born and raised guy um, here in the state of Iowa. 6'6", 305, big dude. Mm-hmm. And I think this guy, um, this guy could definitely make some noise uh, the next couple of years, even potentially as a freshman oh, um, could come in and, and fill the void for some of these guys potentially going – to the NFL here. Again, he's a four-star recruit just out of the state of Iowa. So Yeah, and then you figure, you know, with newer offensive line coach Tim Palasek, you know, and Kirk Ferentz, you know, Iowa's going to get those boys, those big boys that just want to develop. And, you know, one, one two, three of them are going to end up in the NFL. I don't think there's any question there because you look at names like Noah Fenske, you know, out of New Hampton. Oh, gosh. Um, even Logan Lee, or, technically a tight end. Some can see him turning – tackle or even uh, Tyler Endress out of oh, yeah. uh, Norwalk even right now yeah oh my gosh Big and that's there. and that's something just honestly coming from you know outside of Iowa I grew up in Illinois um but like they always talk about those Iowa corn-fed boys oh yeah you know um coming out of these farm towns that you know end up being um you know guys that turn into these um these players they you know so I just like the idea of being able to get these big bodies, um, somebody who can have some good for, like footwork, be able to uh, understand the game, and then as long as they have those basic building blocks, taking them to the next level. Oh, absolutely. And, and then uh, not even looking over any other names, though, but you know, guys like Jack Campbell out of Cedar Falls, Sebastian Castro, who I don't know if you guys have seen his tape yet, but you know, I think pretty under-the-radar guy, and the dude hits like a truck. 
Oh my God! And where is he at next, now? Next, Bob Sanders. Uh, he's coming out of Oakland, Illinois. Is that up by your land round Peoria area? No. That uh, Oakland, I believe, is going to be up by Chicago. And honestly, most of uh, most of these um, teams, you know, that I, that have these players that are going to be, you know, are up in the Chicago area typically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do see. I mean, where I'm from, you know, there are a few that come out, but. Um, when when you start getting into the Chicago land area, uh, some of those teams up there, you, you get into some really uh, some really good ballers there for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I know as far as you know, undecided folks go. Um, David Bell is kind of their big big target for the season. You got to get him in for an official. It's got to be a good one. God, I hope he comes for the Wisconsin game. I haven't seen when he's scheduling his official visit out this way, but. And oh man, David Bell. Like, what position would he? So, be? so he's wide receiver. Wide receiver, six two one eighty out of that Indianapolis pipeline. So okay. So he's good buds with, you know, all the indie guys that have came to Iowa's way. Um, would be an incoming twenty nineteen freshman. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. But um, right now, our big competition is just going to be beating out Ohio State. Yep. And that's no easy task. So. Um, but, you know, with all the coaching raveling right now, and that's definitely a different topic to get on, but, you know, you, know, you never know with, with Urban Meyer not losing his job, maybe that doesn't, you know, take away their status as a predominantly strong Big Ten football team. But, you know, you, you got to think that it has something to do or could mess with some kind of recruiting all in all. You know, I think it's going to mess with, you know, the minds of recruits that Iowa wants. I don't think it's going to mess with the minds of recruits that – are going to come in here and do it the Iowa way. And that might be, you know, a little bit of a controversial thing to say on this show, but, you know, I just, you know, I don't know if I see it. Because I, I know David Bell in his interview last week said he was glad that Urban Meyer was still the coach of Ohio State, which, you know, great, great coach. I don't think you can doubt anything there. And, you know, we can sit here and debate the morality behind the situation all day long, but, you know, we'd be here for hours. Yep. You know, and... Um, don't have enough bush light. I think that's true. Um, and I'm speaking, I'm, I'm just getting close to another bush light. Um, but so we'll, we want to get into, um, let's see. So we got our recruits just to break it down. We got some good commits coming in. We're excited about the incoming. Um, we got a couple folks that haven't committed yet. One of them being David Bell that we were wanting to see what we can do. Um, hopefully we can get some big wins for him to be able to see uh, the, the program here. Uh, any big misses, people that we would have liked to have had that missed on? You know, and this is this is tough for me to bring this one up because I'm a Tyler Goodson guy. You know, the <laughs> running back we got out of Georgia. Um, but I feel like it'd be a shame if we didn't bring up four-star Jarrell Brock out of Quincy. Um, yep. So recently committed to Iowa State. Not recently. Gosh, that was a few months back now, back in July. But committed to Iowa State after Iowa canceled his visit. And Iowa canceled his visit because Goodson committed. And it's like, you know, that's just tough. God, if you see Brock's tape, he is a hell of an athlete. But, you know, I think it's one of those things where Kirk said, first man to commit, sign the dotted line, you're in. So that's... And that's... You can't want it more than they want it. Right. You know, and, and from a background that, that we come from, I mean, that is one of the main things that we look at um, is you want to make sure that you know, you don't want it more than they do. You know, they got to have some sort of accountability to be able to take care of it. So it's too bad. So he crossed over to the dark side being That's Iowa right. State. Mm-hmm. That's right. Our heated rivals. 
That's right. Hopefully down the road we don't look back and see this guy thinking, shit, I wish we could have had this guy. You know? Yeah, but no hopefully down the road uh, we'll be stuffing him in the backfield. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, other than that, though, God, um, I'm trying to think if we had any other major ones. Let me see here. I had a few written down. I guess some would say no most I knew some out of uh, Waverly, Waverly Shell Rocks, the end. Um, committing to Nebraska, you know, I he didn't grow up an Iowa fan. That's just tough all the way around. I think, you yeah. know, for these Iowa kids, if you're not growing up an Iowa or Iowa State fan, you know, why not get out? I, You know, it's just kind of hard to argue with that one. And then the other big one I would say is Nick Heinrich, um, you know, giving in to all that Nebraska hype over there, all that frost, the storm is coming bullshit that we all know is. Um <laughs> Good God, that's just incredible. But, you know, he's in Omaha. I'm sure a bunch of his friends are probably going over to Lincoln, you know, and they want to see all the way into Colorado. Let them, I guess. Whatever. We'll just (laughs) kick their ass every fucking Black Friday for the rest of existence (laughs) until we cancel that game and then restart that game in 2022. Don't get me started. All right. (laughs) Bill's getting heated up, and speaking of getting heated up, let's look at some um, players that have, you know, really – you know, generated some hype around him in the training camp. Um, you know, we can go back to my guy, uh, Nate Stanley, um, somebody that we mentioned earlier, um, definitely standing out in training camp. You know, and that's one, gosh, you know, you always talk about that quote-unquote sophomore slump with the hot QBs where, you know, they have a good season and that next season's not so hot. But typically you see that with the guys where, you know, that's going from junior to senior. So we got to remember Nate Stanley's going from sophomore to junior, which could be totally irrelevant. But just, you know, in my history of being a Hawkeye fan, you know, we think about guys like Drew Tate. We think about guys like, you know, Nathan Chandler. We think about guys like Ricky Stanzi. Yep. You know, you think about guys like James Vandenberg. Yep. You know, and you all these names come to mind and you talk about that next year's slump. Um, now, don't, don't wish that on him by any means, obviously, but um, – yeah, I think I think this hype is nothing but well deserved. That frame, that frame screams NFL quarterback. I think, you know, if he can have half the season he had last year, oh God, bring the Hawks to you know maybe a little Big Ten championship, a little playoffs, national championship, beating Alabama forty five nothing. You know why why not be a first round pick? You know, Dill, I like that point. And then Rob, I kind of want to go back to your point here too, as far as frame goes. Uh, you know, he's two hundred forty pounds, correct? Yeah. Um, Fourteen. I mean, 214. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. So we watched him play against Ohio State. You know, sit in the sit in the back of the pocket. One of my most notable and favorite favorite plays oh, of the season. I already know what you're gonna say. Was uh was it was a first down and goal and uh right after the fake fake field goal, uh sorry, fake punt, and uh he sits in the back of the back of the pocket and Ohio State's defender comes up and is hanging on his leg when he throws a touchdown pass. Yeah. And he's just like, bitch, get off me. Yeah. Loved it. I mean, oh. phenomenal. Now, you got to have incredible balance and control like that. And I think this guy is poised and ready to go. And then along with your statement, Dylan, you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, he's been working on his accuracy on the big ball. And that's where I think we're going get, to get to see some great receivers with uh, notable speed showing out this year. And I think that he's got the targets along with two phenomenal tight ends. Um, with great hands that he's going to be able to to flip the ball to, along with uh, three incredible running backs, too. You know, and to be fair, um, you know, I think it's totally fair to say these last six years or so, you know, Iowa has not been known for their wide receivers. 
You know, and I, I honestly think we're getting there. Good God. I mean, I'm not saying it's DJK, Marvin McNutt era by any means, but, you know, you got true sophomore Brandon Smith. You got true sophomore Amir Smith-Marset. Yep. You know, we got all these guys that are coming back, you know, and they're so young, so raw. They're getting molded. Yeah, they're fast. And they're game-tested. Yes. You know, they've played in big games. They've been there before. Oh, yeah. And they've done it. Absolutely. And then, obviously, we have, you know, First-team All-American, you know, tight end, Noah Fant coming back. Um, And who I think is going to fly under the radar this year, TJ Hawkinson. Oh, gosh. If you you guys go back and watch that Ohio State game one more time, you just watch that when Noah Fant does them fly routes and TJ Hawkinson right over the middle. One of them's open every time. It's impossible to fend. Oh, you got to be excited for that. Definitely excited for that. Um, Definitely also I think another thing that plays in Stanley's favor – um, when it comes to after uh, the season, you know, if he just decides to look at, you know, the next step for him in, in his career, um, you know, the success of the previous, uh, you know, C.J. Beathard um, being able to, you know, step in, um, you know, in San Francisco and just being able to stay poised, like coming from a system like that, I think also plays really well to Stanley's. Oh, yeah, especially case. in the college football landscape these days. You know, how many spread, you know, BS offenses do you see that, you know, with the exception of maybe Russell Wilson out in Seattle and God, I can't even think of another one off the top of my head, but that pro system, you mm-hmm. know, that these Hawkeyes come from, you know, you hear pro coaches talk about it all the time. You know, that's why you see Hawkeyes playing day one in the NFL. It's because that's the system they come from. That's how they run camp. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Let's get into the backfield. Um and so, kind of a surprise here, Rob. We got Ivory Kelly Martin taking over the number one spot. Um, you know, some of you that have been paying attention to the depth chart throughout the offseason have noticed that Torrin Young has typically been the number one guy. Um, you know, usually was first one behind James Butler last year and Akram Wadley, obviously. Um, you know, definitely kind of that big bruiser. Reminds me of LaShawn Daniels back a little bit. Okay. Um, but Ivory Kelly Martin overtakes him and... You know, I, I think he's just the whole package, really. And, you know, Brian Ferentz talked about it in, in his press conference, said that he's a four-down back. <laughs> I mean, that does, if that's not Iowa football, I don't, I don't know what is, you know. It's, he's he's going to be on the field. All this change. All this change. Four-down backs. If we're, if we're kicking a field goal or punting, he's still on the field. That's right. He's a four-down back. <laughs> you know, I love the thought of this, too. And you think about this, too, Dylan, is that we're basically replacing our two guys we lost, LaShawn Daniels and Akram Wadley, with literally ooh, their... Ooh, LaShawn Daniels, we lost the year prior. Correct, correct. Right. But I'm saying we're going to get these two guys back on the same field, essentially with IKM, Ivory Kelly Martin, and Torn Young. Like you said, I mean, we mm-hmm. have the big bruiser is going to be in there on third and fourth down with Torn Young, Ivory Kelly Martin, who can play all four downs, but is a right. speed back. And he reminds us a lot of uh, Akram Wiley. So I know a lot of the... Uh, speculations are going out that we, you know, obviously we lose a phenomenal back in Akron Wadley and uh, props to him with the Tennessee Titans right now. But I think we're gaining uh, just about as, as much of an athlete as we had with Wadley and Ivory Kelly Martin. Yeah. And, you know, and speaking of that running back hype as well, you know, obviously I was known for having, you know, a couple of good running backs at least. Well, then they announced what a few months back that we're bringing in Juco transfer Mechie Sargent. Now, I don't know if any of you listeners out there are last chance you fans, but he was out there um, playing versus Independence Community College. Um, he plays for, or excuse me, Mackie Sargent's out of Iowa Western Community College. So, um, 
come oh. in here. Yeah, so he was on Last Chance U in that first episode, tearing them boys up. That was like their only one of their only losses of the season. Phenomenal performance oh, by Mike Sargent. Oh my gosh, and he's a player, and you know I know Kirk said he's playing day one as well. So we'll see what kind of role he has necessarily, but. Um, another one of those guys that has three years of eligibility left. Super excited for his future as well. Pretty awesome coming out of Iowa Western, too. A phenomenal JUCO program who's always at the top of the ranks every single year. And it seems like every year they reload and somehow got this guy, you know, out of out of high school to come and, and have created him into an even better player than he was in high school. Phenomenal high school player, even better JUCO athlete. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then I might even be getting ahead of Rob here a little bit, but... You know, that just kind of reminds me of, you know, Mecky Sargent obviously playing day one, his first year in a Hawk uniform. Um, brings us to a few other true freshmen that are set to see some time here this season. And now before we really dive into this, we got to remember, too, the NCAA just came out with the new redshirt rule. Are you guys all familiar with that or not so much? I uh, am not. Informed, um, Okay. Yes. Um, so the new redshirt rule states that as long as a true freshman or any player does not play in at least four games – they can still use their red shirt. I love that rule. So, so these true freshmen can play every single non-conference game plus, you know, a Big Ten game and maintain their red shirt and not lose a year of eligibility. My God, Drew, Drew Ott's rolling around somewhere all sorts of pissed off. Unbelievable. <laughs> Which, could you blame him, though? Oh, my God, no. Could you blame him? Oh. <clears throat> that guy know? should be playing the NFL somewhere, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's what he needed, but... I mean, even if he had that, who knew if his knee would have been healthy enough? Another thing we could talk about for days, but sure. those true freshmen that are set to see time here this Saturday versus Northern Illinois, we have Julius Brents, Riley Moss, Dylan Doyle, the son of Coach Chris Doyle, strength and conditioning coach for the Hawks, fun fact, uh, Tyler Linderbaum out of Solon, Iowa, just down the road, um, Nico, if you're listening to the show, sorry for botching your last name here, but Nico Ragiani, um, and then obviously Mecky Sargent as well, so... Um, I love that you bring up Dylan that uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Um, you know, I've I've been watching a lot of a lot of videos with uh, and uh, with Coach Ferentz, and he's talking up Tyler Linderbaum like it's uh, like it's his job. I mean, he's done a phenomenal job in camp so far, and really showed as a true freshman that he can really really do some damage. And actually, my uh, my old roommate Jake Morris, if you're listening to the show, Jake, what's going on, man? From Solon, Iowa. We uh, we actually went to an Iowa City Regina and uh, and Solon showdown last year. And saw Tyler Linderbaum play in person, and the guy, he just uh, he's, he wreaks havoc, man. I mean, he, he blows up, blows up the uh, the offensive line, and the guy, he's huge. You know, he's uh, a run stopper and a pass pass rusher too. And I'm uh, I'm really excited for this guy. I think he could be a potential uh, potential great fit for uh, the <laughs> Iowa guys here. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you watch that Tyler Linderbaum tape too, and he is just a man among boys out there. And you know, and it's just so nuts. You look at. You know what Kevin Miller's done with that Solon Spartan program, and um, obviously Solon's a big town known for their athletics. And um, you know, and none of us are from Solon, by the way, so don't think we're a bunch of homers or anything. But you think <laughs> about guys they've sent to you know various professional sports. You look at gosh, just from you know that class alone, you got James Morris, Jake's brother, obviously. Um, if you're listening, Jake, don't take that personally. <laughs> and then uh, obviously Tyler Linderbaum, then Marshall Kane, yep. yep. um, Derek Loveless played, you know, in the MLB, MLB yep. a little bit. Yep. Um, I don't know if you ever made it all the way up the ranks, but good God, you just got some athletes coming out of there. You look at Nick Day played baseball for the Hawks. Um, who could forget that, you know, home run he hit to send them into the Big Ten championship? 
oh god, he's probably going to kill me if he's listening to this. But <laughs> oh gosh. But then on top of that, you got to think of all the Division three athletes that they have come out of there as well too. I think their mm. strength conditioning coaches have been phenomenal over the last few years. And really, when you think of Solon, you think of a powerhouse. You know, absolutely. I, I know, true. especially in three A, that uh, those guys are usually at the top of the ranks. But we're here to talk about the Hawks, not the Spartans. Sorry, that's Solon, right. Guys. That's right. Can you guys tell that Bo went to Co. Bringing up that D three? <laughs> yeah, you bet. D three football there. Gotta <laughs> love it. Gotta love it. You know, uh, and I also think it's time. Um, we spent a little bit of time here, uh, but I think it's time for uh, our next beer. What do you say, Rob? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Perfect. Got to love it. Now, uh, so we're going over the depth chart here. We're talking about some guys that are going to see some major time. I want to give you guys those names out there so that way when you're watching Saturday that you know a little bit about them and, you know, just where they're coming from and where they're at on the depth chart. Um, so obviously um, it's good to go over that. Um, but just speaking of the depth chart here, just going over some of the positions, uh, you know, let's get into what our line's looking like. Obviously we mentioned Tyler Linderbaum. He's uh, – you know, a left tackle. He's one of the tackles there on on uh, defense, I believe. On defense, yep. yeah, yeah. Right. Not, not <laughs> so, right. There we go. Yeah. Well, we can go defense first. What how, what's that our works. defense going to be looking like? That this? that works, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we'll start out with the the defensive tackle. You obviously have Anthony Nelson, who uh, was going to be. He's actually been on a lot of preseason watch lists uh, last year. He had a phenomenal season for the Hawks, and I think that they're he's definitely poised for another phenomenal season as well too we can talk a little bit about him here in a little bit sam brinks as well too he's going to be a, a, an inside interior lineman as well as matt nelson who's coming off a phenomenal year as well too with parker hesse and aj Espin- epineza uh splitting some wrecks over there at the the d end on the right side uh a line mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you got to remember obviously too you know these suspensions take a little bit of effect in here as well you know i told Sam Brinks gets in there and makes the most out of his opportunity because that's, you know, Lattimore's spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, I think we can all agree that week two we're going to be real glad to have Cedric back you know, causing havoc on that line. Absolutely. And I've actually met Sam before. Sam's actually a really nice guy. Not only is he uh, – he's got a great personality, but the guy's got a work ethic like crazy. I mean, he's from Carroll, Iowa. Um, you know that uh, they also – Carroll and Kemper Catholic both have uh, phenomenal uh, programs over there too. But – just one of those true guys that uh, has kind of worked his way up from the ranks. Tim and Parker Hesse, obviously great friends, and they work out real well uh, together. Absolutely. Um, so I'm excited. Um, the real thing is, obviously, Iowa known for their defense. Um, do you, how do we, how are we going to be looking? Um, you know, when it you know is getting up to uh, when we start looking towards Saturday um, against an NIU team who I don't really think a lot of people are expecting a lot from this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think uh, I was listening to Todd Brown Camp Show. Todd, if you're out there, I really appreciate it. Alex Kuhn. Thank you uh, for tuning in too. But I think uh, Northern Illinois has a couple players right here um, that could wreak some havoc. The first one being Sutton Smith. He's their defensive end. Actually, kind of a cool story. Started out as a running back, converted to a safety, and now as a defensive end. Also, as a uh, Bronco Nagurski Trophy uh, Award Latch List, uh, who goes out to the best defensive player in college football. I know that's what we were talking about a little bit earlier, but. He, uh, he believes that after uh, going and beating Nebraska last year that uh, they have a chip on their shoulder and, and, and think that they can come in to uh, Kinnick Stadium and actually uh, and, and win a ball game. I'm not going to sit here and say they can't do it, but even though with our, uh, with our interior and exterior linemen, uh, the new tackles coming in here, I definitely think that uh, he's going to give a little bit of havoc here, but I don't think it's going to be enough uh, because the, I think the Iowa offense is powerful enough to break through. You know, and that's just my thing there. You know, there is absolutely no reason this shouldn't be, you know, a 55-14, a 55-21 game. 
Um, with that Iowa offense, you know, we like to talk about, oh, well, we got three brand new linebackers coming in. You know, so what? You know, you got in the middle of that pack there, Imani Jones, who's been a special teams freak these last three years, and he's been behind Josie Jewell, who's going to make an NFL roster. You know, and then you got Ben Neiman taking off and little brother stepping right into his shoes as well. Um, and then we, you know, looking at that uh, depth chart as well, and you got Christian Wald, Christian Welch and Digimon, Digimon, if you're listening, sorry for botching your name there, I'm sure. But uh, Colbert over there on the weak side, you know, I think linebackers are going to be fine. The Iowa defense, it's always tough. Even in our bad years, we are going to be absolutely just fine. Uh, you know, I, I think we roll in this game, guys. I really do. I think, you know, I don't think I'm going to go with 41-14. You know, Dill, I, I like the I like the pick one here. I, I, I like the offense you know, coming through in the clutch. And I definitely think that it's going to be a phenomenal game too. And I think it's going to be nice just to knock some rust off of our new defenders here. I actually have it at a little bit closer game, 30 to 21. Um, I think we're definitely going to have to settle for a field goal or two. That's a safe Iowa Kirk Ferentz pick. Absolutely. But uh, I definitely <laughs> think that this is going to be the start of something good for the offense, for the Hawkeyes. I definitely think that Northern Illinois, the only thing that they have right now is a pass rush. Other than that, I think our offense is going to explode. And I also think that uh, Iowa is going to be able to stop their running back because I believe really the best player on their offense is going to be an offensive tackle who's been there uh, for five years. I I absolutely agree. And then, you know, just looking at the game, obviously, you know, NIU, nothing against them. They're a D1 program. Um, I had friends that actually went to NIU Huskies uh, uh, to, to up there. Uh, but I can tell you, you know, just looking at it, um, we just are going to be too much for them um, with everything that we have with our depth, with the offensive weapons that we're going to have. I do not think that anyone's going to be able to match up with either of the tight ends that we're putting on no. the field. Um, so I really think that it's just going to be a matter of um, trying to control any big plays uh, that, they, that they'll that they be able to bring to the table. Um, as it will be, you know, our first outing um, for, some, for some of these kids out there. Um, you know, and so I think that my final my prediction is going to be 32-10 um, in favor of the Hawkeyes. i got to make sure I keep track of these for our water cooler bets here. 32-10, you said? 32-10. Where did, where did you get the 32 from? Uh, well, I know it's always a random score for the Hawkeyes, so <laughs> something's going to happen. We just had this conversation in the car. We were working together all day up in Waterloo, and then he goes and steals my thunder like that. Cool, Rob. I'll take um, the thunder any way I can get the thunder. But, <laughs> But as some of you may know, some fellow tailgaters out there, we have four straight home games. And so obviously NIU being the first of this four-game homestand. Um, But that following Saturday, we have, you know, those worthless clowns straight out of central Iowa, the Iowa State Cyclones rolling in. Um, Just kidding, by the way. But, you know, Iowa State, they got a pretty solid squad coming back this year. Um, You know, they lose Alan Lazard, which is going to be big for them. Um, but, oh, my gosh, they bring back David Montgomery, who he is a bruiser. You know, I tell you what, they run the ball that entire last drive, you know, last year versus the Hawks, and I don't think we get that win. I agree completely. I think that uh, David Montgomery should be up for one of the top backs of the year. Um, as far as that goes, they bring back a six-year quarterback, um, and I, I'm not sure. I don't know how the eligibility works on that one, but um, – <laughs> You know, yeah, I, it's I, crap is yeah, what it is. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's pretty good. but uh, You transfer 10 times in a career, and you can just go wherever you want. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not bitter. 
Yeah. Well, let's just not let Drew Ott back for another season. But you know, this is something so I've been that, holding on to that one. This is something we can talk about here next week. I know we're running out of time here. So um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm happy that uh, you know we snuck a win out there. Just to comment on that, just a uh, snuck a win at home um, against them or at their home, you know, in their in their building um, last year, which is an epic game. Um, this year, I'm hoping that it won't be as, as close, so we can show them a little bit of uh, hospitality on our end yep. as well. And so, then I know we need to wrap things up here. Um, the last thing I really wanted to bring up is, you know, the Big Ten preseason awards came out. Um, obviously, our own Noah Font was Noah Font Noah Fant was up there on the list. But I just wanted to bring out bring up how hilarious it was. The entire Wisconsin offensive line was on that list. <laughs> can they be that good? You know, I, I think they are predicting them even to be number two behind Ohio State right now. And I I go to say they're the probably the best team in the Big Ten um, as far as things go there. But, gosh, I don't think that their entire offensive line should be on that uh, that first team list. What about Tristan Wirfs or even uh, Larry Jackson? You know, oh, my is, gosh. I think yeah. it's unbelievable here. You know, uh, I completely agree. But, you know, we could sit there and be homers all day long. But tell you what, so – Alrighty, guys. Well, make sure you tune in to see the Iowa Hawkeyes take on the Northern Illinois Huskies. I know we'll all be watching. And, and when is game time, by the way? Kickoff is 2:30. at 2.30. 2.30. 2.30, Kinnick Stadium. They yeah. got everything all dried out from yesterday, if you guys happen to see some pictures there. Yep. And, um, and you might, fans, you might see me out on Melrose Court uh, having a bush latte or two for some breakfast right around 6.30 a.m. So uh, feel free to swing by and say hi and then one thing i was thinking that we maybe would want to do as we uh kick off our inaugural season um hawkeyes and tall boys um is maybe you know we'll do a live show from a tailgate um with a card table and a couple of tall boys in person so if we do that feel free come by say hi um you know maybe we'll give you a guest spot let you ask a couple questions and you know we'll take it from there but um Alrighty, y'all. You know, I hope you enjoyed this inaugural episode of Hawkeyes and Tall Boys, and we'll look forward to seeing you here next week. All right. Thanks again for the listen, and if you guys are out there, feel free to give us a follow. Go Hawks!